Hi, and welcome to episode uh, 55 of Walk to Work. Today's a uh, really special episode because it's the first time uh, I have a guest. Uh, this guest is uh, Samuel Tangli. He, um, a few months ago, I recorded an episode about posture um, and uh, the, the weak muscle chain uh, fallacy, as I called it. Uh, and uh, he had a few uh, comments on that. And he was like, hey, what we could do is maybe uh, record that in, in podcast form. Um, so, uh, hi, Sam. Welcome. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, can do that. Uh, I'm Samuel. I've been practicing martial arts for more than 15 years, dancing for more than 10. Um, and I'm a sports massage therapist. Uh, and I'm passionate about movement and anatomy and all of that. So that's what gave me all of these uh, ideas to contribute to the discussion. Cool. Uh, so uh, for once, it's actually literally on my walk to work and raining. So I hope the rain doesn't um, affect us too much. Uh, as a fun technical issue, it's literally affecting the piece of paper on which I have notes. Uh, so all my notes are dying. Uh, this Wonderful. is going to be fun. Um, so first, uh, yeah, just to recap uh, the points I uh, was uh, making or trying to make in that uh, episode, uh, it was basically I'd been to see uh, an osteopath and uh, they had told me, um, hey, you have um, uh, this uh, weak muscle chain thing going on uh, and you need to fix it to fix your posture. Therefore, you should probably strengthen uh, these muscles here and stretch these muscles here. Um, uh, and sure, that would fix it, but I don't think that's the root cause. I think that the root cause of posture problems is posture problems. And then as a consequence, you get muscle chain problems. And then you're in this uh, uh, loop uh, where the muscle chain problems cause the posture problems and the muscle and the posture problems cause the muscle chain problems. But I was concerned that not fixing the root cause uh, wasn't a good strategy. Uh, and then the second part was that um, my osteopath was advising things like throughout the day just think of pulling your shoulders back and down uh, and I think that uh, situations where you try to fix uh, posture by holding uh, something in some way is not very uh, effective and so uh, Sam yeah you had some some points uh, uh, in kind of reply to that yeah absolutely um, there are kind of three big uh, pillars to to what I would say but the first one is that um, strength can absolutely be an issue. Um, and one of the advantages of training strength is that then you'll uh, also strengthen the mind-body connection on a very physical way. Because when you start uh, demanding more in terms of strength from your muscles, the movement plate and the neural pathways will strengthen. The movement plates will become bigger and stronger and the neural pathways will be better myelinized that's the word. Um, so it will then allow you to increase your mind-body connection when you work with imagery and this kind of stuff. Uh, another advantage of strength training is that if you do it properly, you will also get more mobility uh, because basically in our society, we're all way too weak compared to what our body quote-unquote should have. Um, and also often the muscles that are tight are also kind of weak. Uh, so working on uh, strength on their whole range of motion will help with both issues at once. The second pillar is that, yes, 
It also is a problem of tone regulation. But for this, uh, all of the work that uh, you, Greg, and I'm sure your listeners know quite well, working with imagery might be Franklin Technique, Alexander Technique, uh, Feldenkrais, all of these things will get way better if you strength train. But that will be, those tools will be the good ones to uh, quote unquote fix postures, etc. Yes. So the third pillar of this uh, kind of answer is uh, using Katie Bowman's idea of a movement diet. So uh, Greg, you mentioned the thing that, yeah, maybe I can train some of these uh, movements or exercises or muscles, but what happens when I stop training? And the answer is kind of, you don't. The same way someone who makes dietary changes to get better, for instance, eating more vegetables to get more vitamins or something like that might happen ask what happens when they stop eating the vegetables. And the answer is just, you don't. So it's a, the long-term solution would be to integrate some movements, some exercises, or just some changes in daily life so that the muscles that we want to keep strong, stay strong. Uh, a good example for that is hanging and swinging. These are movements that are almost absent from our daily lives, but are absolutely essential uh, for the health of all of the um, uh, scapular uh, belts, like all of the upper back and neck uh, area. Uh, having these movements in your movement diet in the set of movements that you do reasonably regularly is, is extremely important for the health of this region. Cool. So what I'm hearing is, so you have these, uh, this first point that... Um, doing the exercises, doing exercises to uh, strengthen uh, muscles will uh, A, open up capacity for uh, work, will work the range of movement and so will kind of open up capacity uh, for um, change. Mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, it also has a, a, a neurological, is that the right word? Uh, effect uh, in uh, in that it's literally changing uh, the, the neural pathways of, uh, of activation. Yes. Uh, and so then your second was that, uh, although uh, maybe we agree uh, that um, uh, what my osteopath was recommending to me uh, in terms of exercises, so uh, doing some kind of idea of holding uh, is not, um, that we would agree that that's probably an incorrect way of going about it. Uh, that uh, the overall idea of, yes, you want to redistribute tone um, is uh, a good one. And so once you're in this uh, posture, bad in quotes, posture um, slash um, uh, uh, weak uh, muscles uh, cycle, uh, that, yeah, you do actually have to uh, strengthen your muscles to uh, escape the cycle. Uh, and then yes. we get into the uh, kind of uh, diet, uh, the thing that we do short term to, um, uh, to, to, to improve something versus uh, diet, uh, the literal description of uh, the things that we eat. And so the, yes. the movement diet has that same thing. You could exactly. uh, get into a movement diet uh, to start to fix the issues. But long term, you also want to have uh, a, a permanent movement diet uh, that that is different. Um, yeah, absolutely. So and to 
to to continue on the example of hanging and swinging like once you're you're set doing a few pull-ups or climbing a tree from time to time say like order of once a week ish is good but at the beginning you're gonna have to train so that you can do this so that's kind of the dieting for a short-term effort effect at the beginning or taking supplements uh say for again vitamin deficiency or something and then changing your diet uh for to keep that effect long term right that makes sense yeah uh, and so I think another place where what I'm hearing is sort of this uh, idea that um, we're weak in general, and so we need to train uh, our body to do things that our current um, uh, posture, so our current movement diet uh, doesn't do. So if we have sort of mm -hmm. a movement diet of I walk to work every day and then I sit at the desk for eight hours and then I go home, uh, there's clearly some uh, deficiencies there. Absolutely. Um, uh, and so I was wondering, so how does that, if, if uh, the, the thing that the osteopath uh, was talking about specifically was this upper body cross. So typically mm -hmm. people uh, have uh, strengths and weaknesses across uh, a diagonal, a front to back diagonal uh, on the upper body. So either mm -hmm. uh, in my case, it's uh, kind of shortened um, uh, lumbar region and uh, tight uh, pectoral region. Uh, and then a weak uh, elongate slash elongated uh, abdominal region and a weak elongated uh, upper back region. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the, the weakness is along the diagonal and uh, top to bottom diagonal. Uh, and yeah. so is the, 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 the shortness. But probably, uh, so the issue is that actually it's missing strength uh, the, the whole way. So how, how, do we, how do we understand that in terms of, I've been describing it kind of awkwardly as strong slash tight and weak slash elongated um is there is there a better way to think of that um it's it's always hard to to be sure about everything but in all of these cases i would say they're all weak almost certainly uh and then yeah movement patterns probably some of them are weaker um, and some of them tend to contract all the time to make sure that they're kind of still doing their job ish that's probably the case of the lumbar region, um, and the or um, they're they're contracted because they never get opened. They never have to open, and that's probably more the case of the chest region, where um, I don't know if you ever have to like exert force while your elbow is like way behind your spine. Um, <laughs> my elbow doesn't go way behind my spine. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically for this chest opening thing, it's probably because in our world, you never have to, for instance, hold yourself off a tree branch and reach for something else, in which case your chest has to open, otherwise you will be unable to access food. So we kind of uh, have to replace these natural stimuli by artificial ones uh, and artificially put ourselves in natural contexts kind of because we don't have to in our everyday life yeah right um and so um 
how what would you describe so muscles as kind of being um you you're talking about here the the tightness in the lumbar region and the tightness in the chest region being a little bit different yeah uh, and so this tightness is that the muscle is kind of um weak overall uh, and strong only in a very small range and it kind of stays in that range of safety yes something like that and like the moment you take it outside of this short range it's a bit less strong and that's one of the ways why um, strength training will uh, like over a big range of motion will help um, and the other the other thing that we can uh, see here and that will probably also help um like in the neck and neck and upper back region is that muscles that are not so strong sometimes have to work in a very narrow way and it's always the same muscle fibers working and they get tight and they get tired and they get painful whereas if the whole muscle is stronger then it's less of a problem to manage the same load uh, a good anal analogy for that was would be like if you climb a very steep a steep street with a, a, a two CV car or with a really powerful four by four, it's the same hill, but the cars will fare very differently. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that ish addresses the the um, the issue I'd had was uh, so oh yeah if my um, pecs are too strong and my back is too weak i need to stretch my pecs and strengthen my back uh whereas actually uh i need to strengthen and stretch my pecs along their whole range of motion exactly and i need to strengthen and stretch my my back along the whole range of motion yeah and i'd kind of been worried of uh, the idea of sort of not knowing when to stop like when does correcting the imbalance one way uh correct the imbalance the other way but actually the, the, the strengthening training that I should be doing uh, is actually to, to fix the, the whole body kind of in the same way. I would uh, say and so. then the, the, the posture and tone will readjust itself. Yes. And once you pass a certain point, you will feel when you do your imagery work, you will really feel things balancing themselves and you will feel that the images have a much stronger effect as well because the, the neural things happening in your brain with the image will reflect themselves uh, in a way, uh, crisper way in your muscles because the brain is better connected to them. Cool. So fixing uh, posture, uh, we have uh, the idea of doing uh, movement uh, work, doing uh, conditioning uh, to improve uh, strength and flexibility along yep. the whole range of, of, uh, of motion. Yeah. Um, we have the idea of maybe having to do some kind of diet to be able to get there in the first place. For example, yeah. at the moment I can't do pull-ups, but once I actually can do pull-ups, uh, I would have to work a lot less hard to maintain exactly. uh, that, that pull-up ability. Exactly. Um, we talked about adding in uh, imagery uh, that will help uh, the the body um, better kind of settle down in a, a low energy area that's uh, that's sufficient mm -hmm. uh, and that's using uh, the body in the in the way that its mechanics allow it to be used. Yeah. Uh, and I was wondering what other elements are needed. Like, are there other elements that someone would need if they were working on their own, or are there? Uh, do you have to go uh, talk to uh, a professional like an osteopath, a physiotherapist, a massage therapist? Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, so for me, this is kind of a both extremes or the middle situation as in if you're not like seeking 
super performance as a professional athlete would or very enthusiastic amateur one and if you don't have pains and aches that are really um, crippling you you're kind of fine or maybe not crippling but like yeah if you if you painless and also not seek pure performance you can certainly get by on your own just find good uh, exercise programs uh, good imagery guides like um, uh, greg has a lot of resources uh, you might find some on my english blog still which is massageandmovement.com um, and if you do have pains or if you're seeking super high-end performance then it's probably a good idea to go see someone who can help you so yeah osteos are generally quite good um, remedial massage therapists soft tissue therapists whatever's in your area the names change depending on where you live but uh, or manual therapist physical therapist whatever um, it's it's it can be very very helpful to have someone guide you with a bit more expertise while also keeping in your mind this uh, this podcast that you just heard and knowing that sometimes they might give you advice that's imperfect and you can complement that with using a more imagery-based approach, which, which will be uh, something that will be lacking in the more osteopath, uh, physio stuff um, type of people or using a slightly more strength-based approach than some, what some other people might recommend like people who work with Franklin Methods, Alexander Technique, etc. So cool. you, you now know more and can bring both together. That's an interesting balance to, to try to seek out. I know like, especially with Alexander Technique, uh, yep. I'm not sure what my teacher would think about uh, strength training to fix stuff. Uh, I was going <laughs> to ask you to, to, to plug your blog, but you've already just done that. Uh, yes. Massagemovement.com? Massageandmovement.com, yes. Cool. So, yeah, because I think you, you moved to Switzerland uh, recently. Yes. Uh, so now you've moved most of your content over to French and are no exactly. longer producing English content. Yeah. But the uh, content but, there is still, still useful, I hope. Yeah, I, I found it really excellent. Uh, I've also yes, taken uh, had massages with Sam. Uh, we worked on my pecs and we worked on my calves. And I'm quite happy with the kind of even long-term um, uh, results of that. Ah, lovely. So, nice <laughs> to hear that. Thanks. So we'll just close off. Uh, thank you very much, um, uh, Sam, for, um, for, for joining us today. For, thank you very uh, much. Thanks for the opportunity. Cool. And so to everyone out there, take care and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.